courage over fear. I'm going to be wrapping this up today. And as we wrap this up, for those of you who have been around church any amount of time, I grew up in church, and there were things that I would hear growing up. Here's a saying that I heard often. God is still in the miracle working business. I would hear that. And so I need to say it again and say it clearly because for someone here today, what I'm going to say is going to be incredibly relevant. God is still in the miracle working business. And I want to tear into this this morning. The text is going to be from Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 through 14. You can feel free to follow along. Just don't do it because you'll end up on Facebook. But feel free to follow along as we go with this. We have Joshua, and we've been talking about Joshua. Joshua has seen so many things in his brief time of leadership. As we've gone through and talking about Joshua, Joshua has seen the people delivered. Joshua and the people have seen the miraculous play out in a couple of ways. They've seen the waters part. They've seen the walls fall. Joshua and the people had seen how one person's disobedience could affect the path to victory. They saw that in chapter 7. Joshua had seen how even people who are at the top of their game can be tricked at times, which we're going to talk about a little bit today with Gibeon and certain things that went on with that. If we could just wonder at this point in the journey, how the before and after would look. Have you ever seen pictures of presidents, their first day of office and the day they Have you ever seen that? And it just ages them. And I wonder if we could look even deeper into Joshua, what his faith would look like at this point. And so I'm going to be a little transparent for a moment. I have been kicking this question around. Will you continue to declare with an audacity of faith? I said that to Dina this week. Will we continue to declare with an audacity that God can do anything? Oh, yes, I will. And not only will I do that, I will do that with a new boldness. When we talk about this journey that Joshua had been on, let me give you a little bit of backstory. The Gibeonites, the land of Canaan, they knew that God's people were coming and God was going before them. There was a dread fear that went over people. And so what the Gibeonites had done is they had come to Joshua and they had tricked him into having a treaty with them. So Joshua was at a point in his leadership where Joshua could have just flat out said, I have been done wrong. No one in this room has had a perfect path. Not one of us. There have been twists, there have been turns, detours, bridges out. Here's the truth. You are right here, right now. At this point, here is where we are together in this journey. I have heard that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. My journey of faith at times has kind of looked like a Roomba bouncing from wall to wall to wall. 
it has sustained me. Are you going to remain true to the things that you've sworn even when you know that your faith is leading you into a fight? See, there were times that, like Joshua, I made decisions without God, without consulting God. And he didn't unscramble the eggs that I'd scrambled. But I know he goes before me in this moment. I know that right here where I am, God goes before me. I'm going to remain true to the things that I've committed, and the rest is in God's hands. I cannot do what God can do. I can only trust that. God, when I don't understand the why, I'm going to keep aiming for the target that I know is there because his word is true. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out the enemies from before you. We're going to break down some of chapter 10. In verses 1 to 2, the king of Jerusalem has heard what is happening here. He has heard that Gibeon has this treaty with the people of God. He has heard that when God goes before an army, that they are defeated with a holy curse. There is fear in him. In verses 3 to 5, the king of Jerusalem gathers together four other armies to attack Gibeon. In verse 6, Gibeon calls out to Joshua and the people, help us. And in verse 7, it says this, So Joshua ascended from Gilgal. He and the people of war, they went with him, and all the mighty men of valor. I repeat again, God is still in the miracle-working business. What Gilgal meant in this was a place where stones were stacked up, a place of remembrance, if you will, a place where you cannot help but think, God has done this in my life, where when I look at it, I know of his faithfulness. It says in the Bible that Joshua called the place Gilgal because in his words he said, Today I have removed the shame of Egypt from upon you. You aren't where you used to be. From the place that they were, the Bible says, they ascended. So in the valley where you are, remember to speak of his goodness. When the fight comes, understand there's a place of confidence that is going to be screaming, my God is able as you rise up. You find yourself here, but look up. And as you go up, go up with purpose and don't let anything stop that. The Bible says in verse 8, the Lord says this to Joshua, do not fear them. Let's strike the word them. Do not fear depression. Do not fear cancer. Put the word there that applies to what you're carrying. Because the second part of that says this, for I have delivered them into your hand. For I have delivered depression into your hand. And if you put that in my hand, I'm not holding it. He has delivered it into your hand. God's command is always coupled with God's promise. In Romans 4, it says this, and this is where I want my faith to be. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. He gave glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. 
Whatever he has promised to you this morning, let me encourage you to say he is still the same God. And will you be willing to ask him for the impossible? What the world says is impossible. In that moment, dig in and say, I know who saved me. I know who called me. I know what he said about me. And what he said about me comes out of John 14. Truly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. He who believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Jesus speaking there. Greater, greater Sometimes when you're just praying and you don't know what else to say, greater, and lay claim to it. Joshua, it says in verse 9, he came up suddenly. He had marched all night from Gilgal. There's this thing that I do when I go to Planet Fitness, and I don't say it that loud because I don't want people to make fun of me, and I don't want people to ring the lunk alarm. I'll get going, though, with like the 10-pound barbell, you know, really going, and I'll be like, do work, son. Do work, son. And there are times in the spiritual where you have got to understand, do work. Do work. And so with them, here's the deal. When God spoke to them to get moving, it didn't say, and Joshua and the people took a very long day nap because they knew they were going to have to fight. They packed up, they took off, and they marched all night. The march from Gilgal, it said they had to ascend over 3,000 feet. It said the distance was about 20 miles. It took 8 to 10 hours of hard marching. Now, here's the thing. It was not a foot race. This was not like the Spartan challenge when they got there that they got something to put around their neck. They marched all night to go to a fight. That's what faith will do. Sometimes in order to see victory, you got to put on your boots. Sometimes to see the victory, you got to do work when you don't know how you're going to do the work. And sometimes when you show up, you may show up tired, but God's got you. God's got you. You didn't choose the circumstance, but your faith in God will carry you to the outcome. See, it's not one of those things of God helps those who help themselves. No, it's the idea that God wants to draw me into partnership with him with the things that he's doing. His will be done. He wants me to be in the middle of that so I can tell people his will be done. He's got this. He doesn't need Bob, but he wants me to shout it from the mountaintops, to run up that hill, to tell the person beside me, you've got this. How crazy is this? We're running up the hill in the middle of the night. So how crazy is this? Oh, this is going to be a good fight. In a hint of God irony, there were four other kingdoms that were enlisted. That makes five altogether. And I almost feel like God's foreshadowing, looking ahead to say, you know what? I've got a smooth stone for every one of those kingdoms. Whatever you're facing, I've got the stone. He will give me strength for the journey, and he will give me strength for the fight after the journey. As a parent, nothing sometimes is more aggravating than when my kids answer me with another question. It's like, okay, Confucius. Like, I just ask you, I just need yes or no. And sometimes with the devil, when he gets in your head, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? 
you may just need to remind him of that. Do you remember that God still does miracles, devil? Because it's coming. It's coming. And as they go up that hill, I can only imagine that as they're going and they're together and they know that God's with them, it's almost like a two liter of Diet Coke getting shook up. And at the top of that hill, when faith hits it, it's like dropping Mentos into that thing. I just saw a video of some lady online and she's like, I don't know how this works. I don't know if you've seen the video. She opens up the Diet Coke, she drops the Mentos in, and she wore every bit of that Diet Coke. And that's how I feel with the devil. Like when he's just like, what's going to happen now? Oh, devil, drop the Mentos in and let's see. In Psalm 144.1, it says, Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Have you ever noticed that people have more boldness when someone is with them? And he trained these hands to fight. God, in verses 10 through 11, utterly confuses the enemy. He strategically rains down giant hailstones. Now, what I love about this is the people are probably thinking, hailstones? Wait, I remember a plague of hail. And God's saying, in the deepest, darkest night, the things that I may do to deliver you, they may echo things that you have seen before, but they will be greater greater. Will I continue to speak with faith and with audacity? Oh, yes, I will. Will you continue to do that in the darkness even more so and louder? I'm going to declare death upon death itself. I'm going to declare that fear turns upon itself. I'm going to declare that depression gets depression. I'm going to start speaking that disease will get disease. My faith in the valley is the same as my faith on the mountaintop. What I, I love this. There's this fighter. His name's Conor McGregor. And when Conor McGregor's going to have a fight, Conor McGregor will, like, call it in the first round. And what I love is with Conor McGregor, when he goes in the ring, do you know how he goes in? Like this. And that's how I want my faith to be. I want my faith, like, arms swinging, walking in like devil. He called it in the first round. He called it in the first round. And when that happens, I want the devil to be like, oh, no, I know how this ends. Even in insurmountable circumstances, God's willing to fight. And here's the truth. There cannot be hailstones without clouds. I can't control what may cover me, but I can continue toward the goal because I understand what's going to drop from those clouds drops from my God's hand. And I can just imagine him dropping hailstones the size of refrigerators on the enemy's head. Plink, plink, plink. Though the clouds are fierce, their fury is not for you. Here's the beauty of this. The Canaanites that they were fighting, they worship the weather gods. So what an insult that they're thinking, wait, the gods that I sacrificed to... The real God is using them to drop their weather on top of my head right now? That is how my God works. Not only to embarrass the devil, but to use his tricks against him. Will you continue to declare with an audacity of faith? For with God, nothing will be impossible. When those words were spoken, it was in reference to Mary giving birth to the Son of God. And at this moment, Joshua does something crazy. And we need to figure out in faith, crazy can be really good. 
He says, I need more daylight to fight. So many times as Christians, we feel like we just want to get out of that scrap right then. I want to do what is necessary to stop whatever's going on. You learn about self-defense classes. The first thing they teach in most self-defense classes is if you can run, run. God's dojo is a little different, I guess. Because there are times when God is going to say, we're going to need more daylight to fight because this is not about defending. This is about absolute victory. Are you willing to fight like never before? There's a story that I read. It was in regard to the Civil War. It said in the Civil War, too often generals just would not fight. That was until General Ulysses S. Grant took command. See, Grant would fight. In April of 1865, Lincoln sent Grant a telegraph, and it read this. It said, General Sheridan says, if the thing is pressed, I think that Lee will surrender. Let the thing be pressed. Grant pressed the thing, and two days later at Appomattox, the other army signed their papers of surrender. And I think that God's looking for people who will press it. God's looking for people who will push it when other people would play it safe. God's looking for people who will say right to the devil, I'm coming, get your surrender pen ready. Get your commemorative surrender pen ready, devil, because it's coming. Joshua didn't wait around for the hail to start falling. He was busy doing what he could do in partnership with God, and God did the rest. My God only knows victory. I'm going to be closing. Worship team, if you want to come up. The three words that jump out at me, son, stand still. Can you imagine the audacity to say that? Not son like his child was running around, but son like the sun in the sky. To pray that in this moment, God would stop things so that you could take the enemy out. In response to Joshua's prayer, the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and it did not hurry to set for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. That's verses 13 and 14. God is about absolute victory. When Joshua prayed, he was praying, God, I want to press this thing. I want to press this thing. I know we're within victory. I want to finish this right now. I don't want to do this later. I don't want to give the enemy time to regroup while I go away and think that I won this tiny battle. We're going to win the war on this one, God. I want the sun to stand still. I want it to be finished. And I think of Christ hanging on that cross, and when he said the words... It is finished. It is done. This ends here. I can just imagine it echoing throughout eternity. God wants you to understand that he is greater than the way that men think that things should happen. What man is saying 
God's not taking into consideration before he makes his decision. Skeptics have often said there's no way that that could have happened. Sure, the Bill Nye, the science guys of the world would say there's no way the sun could stand still. Because the earth at the equator spins at about 1,000 miles an hour. So that would be like you going 80 down the road with a pizza on the hood of your car and hitting the brakes. It's non-scientific, but you get the picture. Skeptics cannot imagine a God who would defy the laws of physics. But from the very beginning, that's all he's done. When he created the world in six days, he defied the laws of physics. Noah's flood defied them. Parting of the Red Sea, yup, no physics there could stand up against it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no law of physics would cover that. Raising Lazarus from the dead or the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus himself, everything defies these laws. That's why they're called miracles. I almost feel like in that moment, as people wondered what would happen, as skeptics now say, who is this God, that, oh, this fairy tale that you talk about, I can picture God in that moment as the earth spins, almost pulling like a globetrotter move with the earth, putting it on his finger. Laws of physics? Yeah, I got that. I've got that. Whatever you're going through, I got that. The laws easily be defied. But there was a God who put those laws in place. In order for there to be law, there must be a lawgiver. And so whatever law you think is dictating the train wreck that may be your life right now, I almost feel like the lawgiver just with the gavel. Order in the court. Order in the court. Order in the marriage. Order in the health. Order in the peace. I feel like he's saying it to so many things. And when he strikes that gavel, I can just see the devil going quiet. Because the law said that the sin we committed was worthy of death. That's what the law said. The law said, I should die. And Jesus stood up, said, order in the court. That's on me. In the span of three days, he changed every law regarding death, hell, and the grave. It was finished. When the God of the universe says, I'm going to stop everything to run to the rescue of mine, that's the kind of God I serve. He hears prayer and he answers prayer. He listens and he responds. Who was Joshua that the son should stand still? He's a child of God. And who are you? You're a child of God. There's been no day like that before. And I ask you in closing, will you continue to speak in the audacity of faith? God's still in the miracle working business. We're going to pray. And after we pray, we're going to worship together. We're going to go out just with a shout of worship, with his praise on our lips as a family, because that's what I like. So if you'll stand right now.